Ladies and gentlemen of Blog Talk Radio. Oh, shit. Ladies and gentlemen of Blog Talk Radio and iTunes, thank you for tuning in to the PWF Empire podcast. Jay here along with Cass. Tell me, why should I care? Yeah, I may not have a dime, but but I got see Star Smart and why should. Oh, oh, wait, we're live. What? As if that stopped you from singing before. What was that? Why should I worry? <laughs> Is that like a Disney song or something? If any of you have ever watched the movie Oliver and Company, you know which song I'm talking about, damn it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that one. You need to. It, it, it's a fun. It's a fun movie. Alrighty, thank you guys for tuning in to the PWF Empire podcast. This is the day after Thanksgiving 2016. Cast, what are you thankful for in wrestling? Let me ask you that question. Do I have to? Yes. You know, when I was a kid, and we used to have Thanksgiving dinner at the table. Mm-hmm. My parents, they used to do this thing. They would ask everyone, what are they thankful for? And that was your ticket to dinner. If you did not participate, you didn't eat. I don't know how I can apply that to what the hell is going on now, but yeah, basically to answer your question, yes, you have to. Well, I guess I, the one thing I am thankful for is the fact that the Revival are one of the best action tag team wrestling. I can go back and watch any of their matches anytime I want. On the WWE Network, yes. And it's funny that I ask you that question and I don't even have a friggin' answer myself. What am I thankful? <laughs> I'm I'm thankful for the Mizanins. That's what I'm thankful for. Yes. Really? Miz really? and Maurice. Really? I I'm I'm surprised you didn't say the liberation from watching Monday Night Raw. Which you know, I think I take that back. I'm gonna add that. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> add that. That's also what I'm thankful for. On the path of freedom. Okay. From watching Monday Night Raw. Yeah, that's something that you could also be thankful for. But I heard that with this last episode of Raw, it was better than what we usually get. Um, And it's funny because I asked, uh, well, actually, uh, Manny, PWF Empire contributor, he sent me a message on um, Twitter because I have this big thing that with WWE and with anything, actually, if you have a lot of eyeballs on you, more people tuning in than what's normal you need to do something with that you need to make sure that you book that show with that in mind for example when Goldberg came back I knew there were going to be a lot of people who had not watched wrestling in years that were going to be tuning in to Monday Night Raw and my whole line of thinking is okay WWE you need to realize this you need to book this show in a way that they aren't just enticed by Goldberg. It's like Goldberg Mm -hmm. is the one who brings them there. What the hell are you going to do to keep them there? So now you fast forward to what's going on with Brock Lesnar getting mollywopped by Goldberg at Survivor Series. This sparks interest. I saw headlines all over the place about the match. Oh, yeah, definitely. The ratings were higher than they normally were. I ain't saying much these days, but... the there were more people tuning in to this past episode of Monday Night Raw than usually tune in to Raw. And Manny on um, Twitter, he was like, hey, Jay, you remember you were talking about this thing that WWE needs to book the show in a certain way and, and capture and capitalize off of these big moments. And apparently they were doing that on um, Raw. And he sent me the message like at this at he sent me the message before the show was over and after 
the show ended, I sent him a message back like, okay, so did they keep it up for the whole show? And he was like, well, he he was like, well, kind of, but I um, fast forwarded past the filler. I was like, well, shit, that helps. (laughs) (laughs) If I fast forwarded past the filler, every episode of Raw would be great. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say great. It, it watchable. Yeah. If if you fast forward well, past the stuff that isn't watchable, then Monday Night Raw would be watchable. Well, here's the thing. Like again, I'm I'm liberating myself from Raw from watching Raw because I've decided to be smart and play my new Madden 17 video game, which is awesome. But like, I will say this though. Like, I did watch it the next day, and I did watch the clips as well. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out they did a good job with what I saw with them. Like keeping certain viewers in that night, like showing them what they're going to do next week, because Goldberg announcing that he's going to be the first entry in the Royal Rumble does spark intrigue to a lot of wrestling fans out there. And that's the main thing. You got to keep the interest in, and Goldberg got a, a better reaction than I, than I thought he would, to be honest with you, being in Toronto. And you know, something about that. We all know my thoughts on Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar, I feel as if it was a con job. But I've been thinking, and I've been reading the response and what people have been thinking about that match because I like to give my opinions unsullied. I don't read too much about what other people are saying and how other people analyze something. I like for whatever I think to be fresh in mine. So I got on the show and I said, oh, everybody has been conned. I hope you weren't excited about this match. I tried to tell you. But on this show, every single week, I kept saying there are certain things that you have to be willing to forgive and willing to forget about Goldberg. You have to have had a certain type of mindset to be excited about Goldberg coming back to WWE in the first place. And that mindset doesn't end just because that match ended in the way that it did. So if you were already excited about Goldberg coming to WWE or coming back to WWE, I understand why they don't Mm -hmm. see that they've been bamboozled. And... I'm not necessarily saying I agree with that, you know, what they think. I'm not saying that my mind has changed. It's just that I understand now why they don't see that as a problem. And, you know, I guess that that that's a little – it doesn't do much for me <laughs> as far as me being a fan, but shit, me being an analyst and just trying to get into mm-hmm. the brain of people and see how they think. Like, like, like here's the thing. Now, so that's good. Like, here's the thing, like, I'll even admit, like, again, I'm going to say this all the time while I'm on this podcast, I was not part of the WCW Attitude Era, like, mess. I wasn't a part of that, so I missed a lot of what Goldberg was able to bring to the wrestling industry, and I I did see a bit of his WWE run when I started watching, when I started watching WWE, but that's honestly not saying much, but I went back, and I actually, believe it or not, watched that amid and a minute and 20 seconds of a match between Lesnar and Goldberg, and I compared it to the footage from WCW where I saw Goldberg and how short his matches were. I get it from what where the what the perspective of what people were thinking when they said that it was good, because if you have a guy like Goldberg and you're bringing him back for a match, then what else should you really change about 
Goldberg and the way that he wrestled. I mean, just have him come back and just like wrestle like he used to. So yeah, because I'm not expecting Goldberg to go out there and start giving four fifties and doing suicide dives and and having like like an eight. And then like an eight minute dance with with Brock Lesnar in the ring. I don't want to see him turn to dust, but yeah, but yeah. Um, so I did see the perspective. Like I guess I was more speaking Sunday night from the fans who are not used to these Goldberg type months because WWE has never booked matches like that. So mm-hmm. like I do see that point, but yeah, Goldberg being in the Rumble definitely does. It adds more prestige and more importance on the Royal Rumble. I will say that, and it definitely. It's going to be interesting to see, like, what he does. Now, I hope he doesn't win the damn thing, but honestly, and at this point in time, who else? With him being in the Royal Rumble, I like that move, too. You take all of that momentum that was created, whatever I think about what happened at um, Survivor Series. The fact is, it happened. We're moving forward. And to take all of that momentum that was created with him defeating Brock Lesnar and to immediately inject it into the build of the Royal Rumble and saying that he's going to be in that match, I really enjoyed that because I am one of those folks that I know people uh, go crazy about the Royal Rumble to, mm-hmm. to see all of these surprise appearances and shit like this. And I actually think we're in the same boat because I look at the Royal Rumble and I don't just look at it as like a gimmick and, um, oh, who can we see? What, what's going to be the shock value moment or who's going to come out in this match and stuff like that? I keep at the forefront of my mind the fact that this person that's going to win the Royal Rumble is going to go on to compete for a world championship on the grandest stage of them all at WrestleMania. So when you have all of these old guys coming back and shit like that just for the surprise appearance and the pop from the crowd i don't really care much for that but the way in which they're utilizing goldberg now and having all of that star power in the royal rumble and him actually being a legit contender to win i can rock with that i definitely can you know i can can get on board with that Yes, but let's just hope that it's not gonna be what it's been like for the last couple years in the royal rumble like where there's a certain person that the WWE Universe wants to win, and there's a person that the company, so to say, wants to win. I'm just saying, it's just like, would Goldberg winning the Royal Rumble actually come out good in a long-term plan? Because and I know it's hard. It's like, here's the thing. I know that we are a good month and a half away, month and a half away from the Royal Rumble. We're close to it, but it's just, I can't help but get that feeling or ask that question of like, if Goldberg would actually win, would anybody well, really bitch about it? Now that you bring that up about the person that the fans want to win, because I, I haven't really been, well, I haven't watched Monday Night Raw at all in like two fucking months. I but, haven't, but I've been but, watching. I've been keeping an eye on them. See, here's the question I'm having, and I think we kind of talked about this last week when we said that there's no real baby face in WWE that's on mm-hmm. Fire. Do we even have the potential for that situation this year, or or I'll say in 2017 with the Royal Rumble? Because yeah, over these last few years, that has been the night that fans um, <laughs> rebel. Yeah, they, they engage in this rebellion, 
That's the perfect word to describe. They engage in this rebellion against the machine that Mm -hmm. is WWE, and they pick this figure like, okay, this is the person that we're going to support. This is the person that we uh, we want to win. But I don't see anyone in WWE that has gotten organically over to the point where it's like, okay, well, this is going to be the vessel for all of our wishes, hopes, and dreams. Oh, you know, uh, Jay, um, um, Isaiah Ross in, in the in the chat, he um, brought some uh, good uh, contenders, front runners. He, the Miz, Finn Balor, Dean Ambrose, Cesaro, Bray Wyatt, and Seth Rollins. Not a bad category, not a bad choice of superstars, but it's just like the only person I could see that could legitimately win it would be Seth Rollins, and even I'm not sure about that. Yeah, because can we go ahead and say that Seth Rollins is a fucking company guy? I don't even I don't even understand how that I don't know I I don't even know because it, it, it Seth Rollins on screen has been the guy who people would think that Roman Reigns would be off screen like uh, yeah. what was it like fourteen fifteen sixteen pay per views in a row where Seth Rollins mm-hmm. world title matches and. Yeah, so I, I guess as long as he keeps sliding by and people don't connect the dots, then, you know, yeah, I guess yeah. it's good there. But, yeah, I don't I don't see one person who's, like, gotten really organically over to the point where that's going to be the one that uh, they support or shit. Maybe you don't even necessarily need that. All you need to be is there in the mm-hmm. ring because – the uh, thing with Batista and Roman Reigns a few years oh, ago. Oh God! All, all Roman Reigns needed to be was right there, and that's the one that people wanted to win over Batista. And then what was it? Uh, Rusev when Roman Reigns <laughs> won. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't but, know. I guess yeah. we'll see. But it, it's long ways away for the yeah. Royal Rumble win. Uh, yeah, definitely. I oh. Think the arena that they're going to be in, it has like 60,000 seats. Oh, that show's going to have to be stacked if they if they want to sell that show. I can tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. But um, when you have Goldberg and Brock Lesnar having 90-second matches, shit, you could throw a few, <laughs> put them on there a few times. The best of uh, 15, Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. Yeah. Also, oh, get this. Also, what, um, what I saw from the show, um, they did a good job of like, setting up matches and like giving matches that have purpose. Like I know that Rich Swan, he won a triple threat match by defeating um, Noam Dart and uh, TJ Perkins. And he'll be facing um, Brian Kendrick for the uh, Cruiserweight Championship on the 205 live show. And I know that um, Gallus and Anderson defeated the Golden Truth in a competitive match, which should not have happened. And they'll be taking on New Day for the tag team titles next week and that scares the shit out of me and next week um sasha banks will be getting her rematch for the raw women's championship against charlotte ironically in charlotte north carolina yeah that's my home turf people that's 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 30 minutes away from where i'm at but the well yeah i guess it seems as if they're getting their shit together a little bit i'll give it a little bit more time because i don't want it to be like a fluke type thing where it's like, like they okay, do it one where, week and then, and they then don't it, it's back to regular continue. business the, the the week after. Mm-mm. Nah. Mm-hmm. So I I mean I'll see. I but I don't know because it's go ahead. 
Oh, I was just saying, did you catch SmackDown this week, though? Of course. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, thank him. Th- this notion douchebag, this nigga, for, so- for some reason, just keeps butting his notion uh, in world title business, and I cannot stand it. Yeah, I'm over it. I'm, I can't stand I'm, I'm, it. I'm over it. Here's, here's the thing. I said, and Jay, you heard me. I said this like this was a good comedy act that only lasted, that that should only last like a good week or two. Like even the world title match, I was cool with them. I was fine with them doing because I there weren't, weren't going to be much repercussions there. But it's like the riff should have. This whole thing should have ended when Ellsworth cost Dean Ambrose the opportunity the first time. That's where this match should have ended. But for some reason, they just kept like bringing him on TV, bringing him on TV. And you know it's funny. Last week, I know James Ellsworth, the No Chin Douchebag, he um revealed at a indie house show that he got a contract from um WWE, and then ironically, a week later, he is in a ladder match for a contract on SmackDown, which he probably shouldn't have revealed that a week yeah. prior. But AJ Styles and um. And James Ellsworth had a damn ladder match, and good God, um, good God, oh my! Yep, all of the things that I liked about AJ Styles and all of the things that I praised him for, they've gone out of the fucking window with this feud with James Ellsworth. I talked about how uh, how intelligent AJ Styles was in the ring, how he studied his opponents, and it's just. <laughs> WWE, uh, I, I guess they're like, all of that stuff. You gotta yeah, take fuck your it. grubby little hands on something. Mm-hmm. Gotta, Put your grubby little hands all over it. Just fingerprints all over AJ now. It's just, I don't, I just don't want, like, this guy should not be nowhere near the main event scene. Like, you could have him be a lackey or something like that, but, like, don't yeah. put him in the, in the main event scene because, like, we're, what, a good two weeks away from um, TLC, which, by the way, I'm really looking forward to that show. They got some Me good matches. Me too. I looked at that card, and I was like, okay, TLC, I can rock with this. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, um, but this definitely goes to show that AJ Styles definitely is. You can tell that he can work in this comedy-type role because I guess when he's a heel, it works out better because can you imagine if he was doing this as a face and he was the champion? Mm, not yeah. at all. But yeah. Uh, oh, what you think of the whole bit with Dean Ambrose just showing up every uh, thirty seconds? I- I'll be real here. I like Shield badass Dean Ambrose, but the the shit that he was pulling out uh, Tuesday night, I'll admit, at me laughing. Especially yeah, I missed the- like the first twenty minutes of the show. So you seeing where he was wearing the Maori, uh suit? I don't think so. Go go I- back. See if you can find it. And, and by the Are way, you sure this is something that I need to watch? He just kept showing up every other minute when Shane just told him not to go. Oh, speaking of Shane, that is a tough SOB. Shane mm-hmm. McMahon is a tough SOB. He came out at the start of the show on SmackDown, and he actually showed the effects from that from the uh, five-on-five match at Survivor Series, which, by the way, real quick, remember when I said on the review I didn't have a lot of an opinion about that match? Oh, yeah, you you rewatched it? Yeah, and it sucked. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm glad that you put the bookend on that one. 
Yes, Thank yes, it, yes, it's <laughs> because people, they fooled, they fooled, they are trying to fool you because that match was nothing more than a 53-minute waste of spots. That's all that match was, spot fest after spot fest after spot fest to try to mask you, to make you believe that was a good match. And if you have any rough opinions, go ahead and give it to me. I'm ready to go. But, um, but yeah, um, oh, oh, get this. Also, next week, I mean, we had Tag Team Turmoil, and you know I enjoyed um that, except for when American Alpha squashed the hell out of the VOD villains in like 15 seconds. I actually didn't appreciate that, but... Well, I, see, I tried to tell you about those VOD villains. They are not where you think they are. They they, they should be higher up, but yeah. um, And of course, American Alpha and the Usos have a fun 15-minute match, the last mm-hmm. two teams, and up on the screen, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton show up, and of course, Orton, we, we, we knew he wasn't there because this kid was born, and shout out to Orton, congratulations, but um, but yeah, um, Orton and Wyatt will take on American Alpha next week in a number one contenders tag team match. The winner will get a shot at TLC against Slater and Rhino. You're telling me that after Orton, actually Bray Wyatt finally gets a big win on a big four pay-per-view, you think he's going to be in the main event for the world title? But no, he's going for damn tag team titles with Randy Orton. I can't deal with that. Well, it is SmackDown, so I'm going to give them a shot. Because well, I think that they could kind of be employing that NXT-type thing where they're building up strong divisions mm-hmm. and not necessarily going to get to a point where the tag titles rival the WWE World Championship, but it becomes a much more important uh, component yeah, to definitely. the overall show. And yeah, that's what I that's what I heard in a recent report saying like they Orton and Wyatt, the reason why they're going into this is to help the SmackDown tag team titles like feel more prestige and more important and be and to be honest with you, I mean, that sounds good on paper. Like like it like it like mm-hmm. it surely does because but Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt as the tag team champions, can you imagine that? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it, it sounds good. It sounds good. And, of course, it's all about the execution. So we'll see where it goes. But, um, but American Alpha, I'll tell you, this is going to be their biggest match since they've been up on the main roster. And I am looking forward to this. Cause honestly, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton versus American Alpha, that should be a fun match. That should be a really fun match. And, I, and I'm just looking forward to it. Nice little clash of styles with th- those mm-hmm. four people there. Yeah, that... I'm really looking forward to this now. I hadn't honestly thought about it much before we started talking about it, but now that we're actually talking about it and I'm visualizing it, this could be a pretty good match. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a question for you. because I don't know if I know the answer to this, or maybe I do. Maybe I asked you and I just forgot. Who's your favorite wrestler? Kurt Angle. I didn't know that. Hmm. Yes, Why? Kurt Angle is my favorite. Why? I just like ever since I've, I've I've been watching him. Unfortunately, I got to I had to see most of his matches in TNA. But, <laughs> Not like I said, unfortunately. Yeah, but but still, like I just I just appreciate his craft. Like like 
Isn't it? Like, it's one thing to see, like, a vanilla midget, like, go out and do all the flippy shit. That's all well and good, but it's just sometimes fun to just, like, really watch a guy, like, do the technical aspect of the in-ring quality and just be, just wrestle on the Yeah, and the great thing about Kurt Angle is that he's very exciting in the ring when he competes. Even though he has, like, the whole technical thing. Because, like, you look at a person like Zack Sabre Jr., and we talked about him during the uh, Cruiserweight Classic and how fucking fun, how boring he is. But uh, with someone like Kurt Angle, he is very dynamic in the yeah. ring and so fucking exciting. And the fact that he didn't, I don't think he had much pro wrestling experience before he got to WWE. If I'm uh, remembering correctly, uh, he didn't have much like professional. Of course he had the amateur background, a yeah. gold medalist, all of that great stuff. But like that had to be something that came like intrinsic to you like that's a part of his friggin dna and i'm so glad that they you know recruited a guy like kurt angle and we've been able to witness uh what he's been able to bring to the table and also mm-hmm. with kurt angle he's he was an entertaining guy just Very. overall like i remember like backstage segments i don't know why but i was watching like backstage segments with him and brock lesnar um <laughs> they were shooting on smackdown <laughs> randomly i guess it was one of those things where i went on youtube and i'd click on a video and then i just let it play through like it was some kind of playlist and mm-hmm. it got to like kurt angle and brock lesnar videos and i was watching that and i was like well this was some this was some good shit and this is something i wanted to talk about too because i mentioned on twitter um because after the whole aj styles and james ellsworth thing i mentioned on twitter um all I want for Christmas is a WWE main eventer that isn't a comedy act. I guess being legit is only reserved for part-timers. And someone responded back saying, um, they said, oh, The Rock and Kurt Angle were pretty big draws. And we know how they pl- played very heavily into comedy and making people laugh and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I responded back to that person saying that they are – attempting to apply a standard that doesn't really exist today. Because if you look at the way that things were done back in the day, comedy and being very entertaining in that way, that did not prevent WWE from pushing you as a megastar. Mm-hmm. But I look at the guys of today, people like um, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins and this shit that's going on with Chris Jericho. Just look at them. And the way the WWE handles them and compare that to Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. And that tells you all that you fucking need to know. Out of that situation, who are the megastars? Who are the ones that WWE calls on when shit is really about to go down? Who are the ones that get the headlines? Who are the ones that, you know, um, who are the ones that they are looking to to build for the Royal Rumble? Just ask yourself those questions and see if there's a difference between someone like a Kevin Owens and someone like a Goldberg. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, the funny thing is, it's like we were talking about the Royal Rumble earlier and about Goldberg, like possibly winning or not winning the thing. Like, like many, many, many years ago, like um, 
their WWE would always like start a trend of like the um like they would like try to get the like the baby fish that they wanted to get over. Like they would have to like go through the process of like building him towards a months and months and months. And then this is a great example, Batista. When Batista was on his uh, rise to the Royal Rumble, they just kept teasing the whole evolution Batista friction thing, the whole thing at Survivor Series. Um, oh, and I'll always remember this. When Batista was talking to Triple H in the back, Triple H had left, and Batista handed was holding that World Heavyweight Championship in his hands. That was a direct indication months, somehow months, that he was going to be facing Triple H for the World Time, and you knew who was going to be able to win the Royal Rumble and Batista benefited from that and became one of yeah I would say one of WWE's top baby faces around that time. So are you saying that they're not really doing that uh, now? Yeah, then yeah, they're, I, I, yeah I would say they're not really doing that now. I mean because it's just like we all pop for nostalgia moments in wrestling, like mm-hmm. granted because it's it's fun, it's fun, but it's just you have these attitude. WCW post ruthless aggression era guys coming back, and while nostalgia moments are good in wrestling, you pretty much just bring them back and you have them beat up on the current roster, and and it just and it doesn't look good. And it's like to the point to where you want to see these dream matches. It's like the person who um needs to go over doesn't doesn't go over, especially in where we're in the uh, the on the uh, road to the Royal Rumble. Leading into WrestleMania season. Oh, and, and get this. I was listening. I was looking at some footage the other day of 2014, towards the end of 2014, of Roman Reigns. Remember um, how Roman Reigns, after that injury, they just kept showing him on TV, showing him on TV, showing him on TV. Mm-hmm. And if they would have just kept him off TV and slowly built him back up to his return, it probably would have it probably would have just meant something more. And they put him in certain situations that just organically did not happen. So when we got to the world in 2015, it was already well telegraphed that when he came down to that ring at that number that he was going to win the thing. And it comes off as a negative reaction. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Did you catch up on NXT this week? Uh, yeah, I didn't pay much attention to it because it was just, uh, <laughs> like some, um, it was like a tape cut, cut and paste type stuff, like the, the, the matches that they had from, um, that they, uh, filmed before, mm-hmm. uh, takeover. But I gotta say, with that main event, it was a six woman tag match, yep. right? That was a main event. Mm-hmm. Yep. I am impressed by, uh, Daria. I think that's how you pronounce her name, Daria, oh, Daria yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah, Daria. I, I really like her MMA gimmick, the badassery that she has, and the fact that it's incorporated into her um, moveset. It's mm. pretty cool. I like that. I, I'm looking forward to seeing more from her. And also, I know she wasn't in this match, but the little bit that I've seen from Amanda from Tough Enough, I, I like her too. So um, those yeah, are that's... possibly two people to keep our eyes on going forward. Oh yeah, definitely. Like the the six women uh, tag, like this was a hell of a lot more bad than that random ass six woman tag that I saw. <laughs> like on who the, the hell uh, are all these people? Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> like like who is standing next to the important people in Alexa Bliss and Carmella? Like like seriously, but it's just like, but yeah, this episode was pretty much just a recap of um 
NXT TakeOver Toronto, which I still think is the best takeover. That's another st- I, I disagree. That, I disagree. That's another story for another day. But um, but yeah, on the six woman tag, like I will say, I am impressed, and I'm glad Ember Moon got showcased a bit, a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that um, Liv Morgan and um, Aaliyah shockingly got showcased more. But yeah, they're still in the rebuilding process, and now that we know that there will be a takeover Royal Rumble weekend, that that that's a good month and a half away, right? Hmm. Two months? Yeah, maybe? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, Rich Swan, he was in action, and he got attacked by um Eric Young and Sanity, which Eric Young got a huge pop from mm-hmm. <laughs> from, from that crowd. And then No Way Jose caught out Sanity. I'm like, good God almighty, they are willing to do anything. Yeah, I, I got to say, I like No Way Jose now. No, there used to right. be a point. Okay. No, <laughs> there right. used to be a point where I used to fast forward through you every was, one of his just matches. Just say you thought he was creepy. Just say you thought yes. he was creepy. I, he was very fucking creepy because they did that No Way Jose day on Twitter, <laughs> and his face every time I saw his face just creeps me out. But I actually really like him, and I like the fact that they still are like forging that connection between him and um, continuity. Even after the uh, continuity, though. After the uh, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic is over. Good continuity, though. That's what I like. If you give me just a little bit of continuity, even if it's in NXT, I'm fine with it. And next week, it's going to be Eric Young taking on No Way Jose. That should be a fun match. And next week will be the return of the new NXT champion, Samoa Joe, who, by the way, will be defending his NXT championship in the rematch against Shitsuke. Nakamura in the um in Osaka, Japan for the XD Live event. This match intrigues me a lot because Yeah. Because we know they have no problems with um titles <laughs> given, changing hands on Yeah, uh, given giving Nakamura the title back just because it's in Osaka, but honestly, wouldn't it make sense? You're saying uh giving uh Nakamura the title back? Yes. Honestly, I so wish this wasn't like two weeks later, or like I, I I wish this was like a four week build where you could build towards this rematch leading into Osaka because it's just like with only a two week to the rematch, it's like you want to put the belts on Nakamura. It makes sense. It's in his hometown, mm-hmm. but that's but only if we know Joe will be debuting in the Royal Rumble, which I think is likely to happen. I mean, you could have Nakamura win the title back here, have the rematch at um, the NXT event that's going to be the weekend of the Royal Rumble and still have him debut in the Royal Rumble. I think they're going to tape this match. I think they're going to tape it because they want to announce this on NXT TV if they really weren't going to, like, find some way to tape it. Right, they're they're going to be in Japan, so... Mm -hmm. I'm not waking up at like three or four <laughs> something in the morning. Go watch this rematch. I will watch it at six thirty. I, I did that for the Beast in the East uh one, but yeah. Not you not think, this one. If, if even if they do it live. Back? You think Nakamura win the title back? I am so unsure about <laughs> that. I don't know. Because Samoa Joe winning it back 
caught me mm-hmm. off guard. Me too. So it's like all bets are off from this point. Well, they well they can essentially they can kind of get away with this because remember they're towards the end of the year and I don't think we'll get many tapings until the start of January. So, well, at least from full sale, or well, that's where the real stuff. But I'm willing to wait and see what happens. But yeah, the NXT Championship main event scene really intrigues me because I think Bobby Roode will be next in line for the championship shot. And then I guess that would lead you to believe that it has to be. Nakamura then. What? No, because isn't it? I've noticed the trend with this. I don't know if you. I, I I don't know if you've seen it too, Jay. But I've started to see the cycle in NXT. Like Joe, he's been here longer, and the mm-hmm. way that they're building Bobby Roode, it would make sense that if Joe would lose the title to Nakamura, then the next year to be Nakamura and Roode going forward for like the next four five months. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, and then it's like when Rue leaves, and then it's like when Nakamura leaves, then it's like the next person challenges Rue, and then that person beats Rue, and then the cycle just keeps on continuing. Like, I've been noticing that a lot lately, so it's like, it's interesting. I will say this, it's very interesting, but yeah. Can't wait for that rematch between uh, Nakamura and Joe, and will you please make this last man standing? Please make it last man standing. I'm begging you, William Regal. <laughs> All righty. Uh, anything more to say before we head to calls? No, let's, no, let's get the five people in. Let's, let's make these calls tonight. Okay, if you would like to call in, have your voices be heard on air, the number is 347-857-2401. Again, the number is 347-857-2401. That is for the people who are listening in live. If you are not, then um, too bad. Uh, yeah, better luck next time. <laughs> okay, our first call is from 412. Hey, what's happening, fellas? your boy Marco from Dayton. Marco. What's up, Marco? What's happening, man? How, how's your How's your night going, gentlemen? Splendidly. It's fine. It's been going fine after consuming black people food for the last 24 hours, but it's been awesome. <laughs> What's wrong with that? You said that, like, that's a black, bad thing. That's not that's wonderful. Funny. Well, that's funny. <laughs> Sweet potatoes. <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I like how um, NXT, all the winners were like, it was all like an international mix of all the winners in NXT takeover last week. You had the Canadians win the first, and you had the second match. You had, um, I think he's there from, the author of pain is from Romania and Amsterdam. And then you had Oscar, the Asian, and you had the Americans win. So he said, I love that. And then you had the Samoan win at the end. I thought that was just intriguing how they did that. It was something I wanted to mention. Um, yeah, I I don't really, like, uh, make note of that as I'm watching, but anytime it, it like, someone brings it up, it's uh, – it's kind of cool to look at because um, back when Asuka and Nakamura had titles, uh, I, I would hear people talk about how, you know, you had two Japanese people, you know, leading NXT. And, you know, I thought that was cool because, you know, we tend to just look at them like, okay, well, these are talented people. But then when you take a step back and like, 
Okay, well, that's cool. Got a little bit of that international flavor on NXT. It's nice. Yeah, I really liked it that night. It was pretty cool, though, seeing that. Um, the Brock Lesnar and Goldberg match, um, yeah, that was to me, that was surprising and shock value and all that. Um, but I was thinking of something that I haven't heard yet. Um, what if, like, on story... Yeah, why that happened or how, what could possibly, that could possibly lead to. Um, maybe what if Brock Lesnar threw the match away, like in storyline? He threw the match away. Maybe it was like money decided or something. Because there was a little look between both of them before Goldberg attacked Brock Lesnar. Like it was like right before that, after like um, Goldberg had him in the corner and then. Goldberg, I mean, Brock had him in the corner. Goldberg pushed him down, and it was like a quick look between them. And I was just thinking, like, what if it's like it, it comes revealed, like, Brock Lesnar says, yeah, I threw the match away over money or something like that, or you really can't beat me because I let you win. Because it's, I mean, for Brock Lesnar to go as hot as he was and then lose in a, in a minute and a half, it's like, it, there's, no way to really make sense out of that. So that was just a theory I had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Cause it's, I would actually kind of buy that because... No. Well, well here's know. the thing. No, 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 Jay, Jay. We have to buy your crap and the whole Greek tragedy, so I'll take That is legit, part. damn it. Paul Heyman verified it. <laughs> but and Paul Heyman could like, probably verify this, too, though. <laughs> no. Go ahead. But, but I think... I think, like, if if Brock Lesnar would say something like that and he did it for the money, I would actually be fine with that because for him, that's a motivation, money. Imagine if every wrestler went like that in all their matches and did it for money. So, to me, to me it would be simple, something simple no, like that. Not going to happen. I, mean, no one has uh-huh. done, I don't think anyone has done that on WWE as in storyline said, like, you know, I laid down for you. I mean, that happened in WCW where – you know, the finger of doom, but, or the finger poke nope, of doom. Nope, don't even go there. <laughs> oh, yeah, and Brock just that <laughs> surgery. have said, so, you know, yeah, like, I lied down for you because, and now we're going to have our real match. You know, I lied down for you because, you know, I'm getting paid a lot of money to do that because of your kid or some shit. I, I mean, I that should only like, last five minutes. <laughs> five I mean, minutes. I, thinking, I do not want to see. Twenty minute. I don't. I don't want to see a ten minute dance, not even eight minutes dance with these two because I don't want to see Goldberg turn into dust. See, well, Marco, you say that it doesn't make sense that he lost. Um, I don't think so. I mean, look what he did to Randy Orton. This is WWE yeah, I mean, sending the message that. Every single person that Brock Lesnar has defeated, Goldberg is better. Goldberg, you know, his 50-year-old ass in 2016 that has not stepped into a ring in 12 years is better than every single person that Brock Lesnar has defeated. And the funny thing about this is people, and I guess I thank you for, like, trying to see things from my perspective because people know I'm a big story guy, so they've been coming to me, hey, Jay, it's because Brock Lesnar was cocky. That's why Goldberg defeated him. Brock Le- Goldberg, he saw that Brock Lesnar was cocky. He was too full of himself, and he capitalized off of the moment. Name me a moment 
or a match where Brock Lesnar has not been cocky. That wasn't a determining factor in his loss here. Because, shit, he's been cocky in every match. The determining factor in his loss was Goldberg. This is the message that WWE is sending to us, that Goldberg, even at 50, even after not having stepped in a ring in 12 years, he's just that damn good. No, the kick damn. of kings has that title. I, I just, I, I don't know. It, it, it just doesn't sit well with me. It reminds me of like when they bring Mae Young back and she been, she beats Lake Cool or something. Oh just, God! Like, <laughs> oh God! So Goldberg is a 2016 version of Mae Young in WWE. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> I mean, I dare. <laughs> But, mm. no, nah, that's about it. I mean, nothing else is – I mean, it's, everything's going to be foretold over the next couple of weeks during to the Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, you asked um, right. who was your favorite wrestler. Has, what about you, J-Dub? Who was your favorite? You you don't know at this point? I mean, I'm guessing it's either The Miz or Triple H. I mean, it's no. Triple H. Okay, yeah, because – yeah, that's Triple H is. I would say he's my favorite heel. Like, like heel wise of all yeah, time, I'd say. Where's his heel has been for the last few months? Ever since he turned on Rollins, I'm still waiting on that. I'm I'm still waiting on heel Triple H. I saw NXT Triple H, but I didn't see heel Triple H. Uh-huh. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm talking about all time. I mean, when he had, you know, with Triple H actually, you know, beat beat up Shawn Michaels in the Hell in the Cell, and he actually the beat Goldberg. Of and, and then, the you know, of Mary Stephanie and all that. I'm talking just all in general. Um, who would be your favorite yeah. heel overall, like, all time? Can I just go ahead and praise Triple H just a little bit? Um, I, I think that his work with Daniel Bryan a few years ago leading into WrestleMania that has to rank up there in like his his uh, top heel runs, because that oh my god that was some good shit back then. It really was. But yeah, um, that was top. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, Triple so Cass, H. Cass, would be your. Uh, go ahead, Marco. Uh, I mean, Triple H. I've been watching him ever since like the beginning when he was in. WCW, and he is always like, I mean, he's always been at the right place. He's always did the right thing. Everything, like, Triple H, you can't say enough about him. Um, it's everything he's done in the wrestling business and for watching him grow up in the wrestling business was amazing. He's probably, like, one of the only people I can say, like, I watched him really mature and go through stages in his life through wrestling business. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Him and Shawn Michaels, too, you know, watching guys like that. Right. All right, well, I appreciate you guys talk talking to me again. You're welcome, Marco. No problem at all. All right, you guys right, have a great you night. In. No problem. You too. Okay. Next up, we have 513. Hey guys, it's Jason in Cincinnati, Ohio. What's up, Jason? Yeah. Um, Hello. 
Yeah, Kiari, awesome. Yeah. Uh, just mm-hmm. calling in to – I haven't called in in a few weeks, um, but I liked your topics tonight, so I wanted to give a call in. Um, the I watched the Goldberg match at Survivor Series, and mm-hmm. I actually kind of like it. I wasn't into the match before the match, but I like it that it was a squash, especially if he's going to sign on for a couple more matches which I'm guessing are mm-hmm. going to be intertwined with Brock Lesnar. I figure yeah. that first match, it's good that it's a squash because doesn't that give Brock Lesnar a really big excuse to say it was a fluke? Well, or is that no good? <laughs> like, I feel like if the match would have been a couple minutes long, he has really no argument between now and, and Royal Rumble, but... Something like that. It's not even last the minute. Well, yeah, what you're saying, it makes perfect sense. Like, um, with the way that the match ended and how short it was, it mm-hmm. it provides uh, like if the plan all along was to do multiple Goldberg Brock Lesnar matches, or at the very least, more than one. Um, oh, God. This it 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 does provide them with a reason. For them to continue this uh, battle between the two, but I have no problem whatsoever admitting that I'm speaking from a perspective that um, is unique in the sense that I don't give a fine fuck about Goldberg or Brock Lesnar, much less both of them in the same match with each other, so... That's my whole uh, outlook on the situation. But if I am to forget all of that and say, okay, well, here's what happened and here's what WWE you won't. wants to do. No, I, <laughs> I can be reasonable. I can be reasonable. Yeah, go watch, go back and watch Empire's Core. We'll see how reasonable you are. <laughs> yeah. Which one? Because one of them I want. Well, I was reasonable in both of them. I don't know what you're talking about. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, If I am to forget all of that, which I can, and say that, okay, here's what WWE wants to do, and, you know, discuss the effectiveness of it, it was effective. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how I'm thinking. Me personally, personally, I would rather the part-timers like Goldberg come back to enhance the actual talent of today. Like, I would rather see Goldberg versus Kevin Owens than... Brock Lesnar. Oh no! But, Don't do but, that. Of course, well, if he's to come that. back for a few matches and they have a thing where Kevin Owens goes over, yeah, I think it's more eyes on Kevin Owens. I would, I would like that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Kevin Owens going over Goldberg. Yeah, right. I can't see that. Yeah, I know and, it won't and, happen. Isn't that so? Isn't that like fucked up though? That. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, the way it should the, be. The, the no, you're right. It is funny. On Raw, you can't even imagine him in the same ring with Goldberg. Right. That's messed up. And it is funny, but you're right. But I, I wish, I wish it wasn't like that. It's evil. Yeah, it's evil. Uh, it's so evil, but it's it, it it's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, aren't the uh, the Slammies coming up on Raw soon? Oh, no. Why did you have to remind me of that damn concept? I think it's like like the first two weeks of December usually, right? 
We all know the Slammys is damn rigged anyway. Like all that that plastic gold like, trophy they be trying to pull off on these damn Oscar one. It'll probably be towards the. <laughs> it'll probably be towards the end of the month because you'll you'll think that with uh like the first two weeks of December are right around the corner. So um yeah, right. you think the WWE would start promoting it already. We, we, we already know that the Slammys is just a cover up for how shitty their product is every year. It, it don't really have any prestigious. Let's just say it's a damn parody of the Oscars. Well That's you know if, no, if actually, you want a real right. prestigious award show, uh the the W's they're coming too. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I watch it every year. Time, um, yeah. The only thing I think is interesting about the Slammys is uh, is Charlotte going to be Superstar of the Year? And will she be the first woman Superstar of the Year there's been? It would be I a think, strong argument. I think they should do I, it I, like I they did their awards in NXT last year where they did male superstar, mm-hmm. female superstar, and then do the overall award. It would be interesting to see if Charlotte would win. Because honestly, shit, I say she she has a great shot at doing it. Yeah, well, I'm thinking about storyline. and overall. Yeah. Yeah, I was sick thinking about storyline and, and pay-per-view matches over the year. I couldn't make an argument for anybody else except for Charlotte. Honestly, the one category isn't out of any out of all the damn red categories that they have. The one category I actually do love is match of the year. Match of the year, I, I like yeah. it because while the product has been very shitty, I am going to emphasize that shitty. We've gotten some pretty good ass matches than we did in twenty fifteen. I will say that, like yeah. honestly, far, besides. Honestly, I think besides Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at a battleground, I couldn't think of a main roster match to put up there. That's a good point. Wait, wait, Johnson and AJ Styles at SummerSlam? I don't know. Yeah, it was. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That battleground match was great. I don't know. I like. I like the way you labeled that, though, man. You only you only pick Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens as match of the year from the main roster. And you want to talk, start talking yeah. about NXT? Uh, Sami Zayn um, Nakamura. Sami Zayn Nakamura's uh, best match in NXT of the year. Uh, what else? Um, the Revival versus DIY mm-hmm. in Brooklyn and Toronto. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm th- I'm sure you could throw like some uh, revival American Alpha up there. Yeah. Oh, um, by the way, Cash Money, Brandon Roman versus AJ. Yeah, that's another good main roster match. Yeah, those were some good matches. Yeah. The Fatal Four Way. The Fatal Four Way uh, was that the Intercontinental Championship match? Yeah, that, yeah, that was the one. That is one that I don't hear people talking about yeah. anymore. But that was a good fucking match. Um, yeah, Triple H, Dean Ambrose, Roadblock. No. <laughs> that was the last. That was the last time I liked Dean Ambrose in a match. <laughs> He's like, no. let's let's just give Dean Ambrose something, man. 
Eagle Cincinnati, come on. That was the last time he was good in the match. <laughs> See, I knew it. I knew it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to have a tough job on our hands for these matches of the year. There's been a lot um, of And then I'll, uh, I'll let you guys go with this last point. Uh, Survivor Series. Cass, you were talking Shitty about uh, the Survivor Series male match. Terrible the match. One thing I, the one thing I did like from the match, I did like the Bray Wyatt one, and then also I liked how Bray Wyatt got in the way of Randy Orton taking a ramming from um, from uh, Braun Strowman. He kind of saved him, and I like how Randy Orton saved Bray later, and it came into the storyline of them winning together. I like that part about the oh, yeah, match. Definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. But other than that, that five on five team Raw versus Team SmackDown was a long, bad match. People, I'm telling you, do not let those damn spots. And I guarantee you, even the Shield reunion, do not let WWE fool you into thinking that was a good match. And I and I'm begging you, anybody argue with me, you can bring your opinions. That was a bad match. I'm telling you. Did you set him I think up in the history of those matches? I, I, I think in the history of those matches, though, that's kind of how those matches are. Because um, a couple weeks ago, Not I was fast. watching the 2001 Survivor Series match, SmackDown vs. Raw, and it was 57 minutes long. And it was pretty much the same mm. type of match, booked the same way. And I think those one-on-one matches like that, that's how they are, which I honestly rather see them like that. Because if you take a match with five main eventers versus five main eventers, it kind of kills my, it kind of kills the anticipation of the match to me to be, well, these guys one-on-one have matches that are 30, 40 minutes long. Now I'm supposed to take (laughs) the belief that these guys could be knocked out in 30 minutes, 35 minutes now, and they're not even in a full match. It doesn't make sense to me. I feel like that match has to be 50 minutes, 57 minutes long. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah, get this. Um, John in the chat, he brought up some uh, other matches from uh, this year. Charlotte versus Natalia at Roblox. Yeah, yeah, that that was that was a good one. Dean Ambrose and Kevin Owens, that last man standing match of the world. Oh God, nobody talks about that one. Miz versus Dolph Ziggler at No Mercy. Yes, that is definitely up there. That 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 is definitely up there. And I don't know why camping show. I know I don't know why you're doing this, but Eric Rowan versus The Rock at WrestleMania. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I cut you off. And yeah, just... But anyway, that was all I have. All right, thanks, Jason. All right, man. Thanks, Jason. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Nine one seven. I'm a nine one seven. Hey guys, um, I want to ask you about a couple of different things. First is the the Brock Lesnar Goldberg match. Um. I'll first start off saying I I understand the perception that, you know, part-time is like, you know, Triple H and Batista and, um, you know, Goldberg. I won't, I won't put Batista in there, but, you know, uh, Goldberg and Triple H and Sting, why they pit those types of guys over their, their main roster is kind of like, it, in a way, it makes sense from a logical standpoint because these guys are 20-year veterans. And mm-hmm. I think True. I think the fact that you're putting them against each other takes away from the roster. But if you put them with the roster, going against the roster, 
and not having, I feel like what a lot of people are saying is, okay, is have them go against the guys, the top guys in the main roster and just have the, the top guys in the main roster to beat them. Well, eventually people are not going to want to see that because that's too formulaic. I think mixing it up or having, um, having them do back and forth wins or just one big win, things like that, would be more beneficial. But yeah, you can't you can't pit. Of course, Goldberg is on a different level than the rest of the guys. He was one of the biggest stars in WCW. He had a, a hundred plus day um, um, undefeated streak. He, you can't. Uh, he is, you know, no disrespect to the guys on the main roster, but like, I know Kevin Owens is, is like a 14 a, a year veteran or something, but he's only been in, in the WWE for. What a year and a half? He's only been on the main roster for a year and a half, I should say. He, I think almost I mean, two years. Yeah, you can't pit somebody like that up against Goldberg. From a logical standpoint, Goldberg is one of the greatest stars in WCW history. And Goldberg would kill him. Well, can I just go ahead and say this? Because I understand yeah. what you're saying, and I don't necessarily disagree with anything. Do you believe that the way in which WWE is handling people like Seth Rollins, people like Kevin Owens, that they could ever get to a level of a person like a gold? No. Oh, no. that's my issue. That's, that's my issue. Agree. When you yeah. put all of your eggs in the basket of the part-timers, and they're the ones that are legit, they're the ones that are badasses, and you don't let any of that rub off on the people who are there on a week-to-week basis – that's a problem because I wonder how are you going to get the next Goldberg or even the 2016 another Goldberg. Well, the 2016 equivalent of a Goldberg. If you take it like, oh, there will never be another person who is as over as Goldberg. And I'm shit. I'm saying him like the he's the standard. Shit, you <laughs> could. He ain't even really the standard to be quite honest. But there won't ever be. Another person who's a big, as big a star as people like Hogan, Goldberg, The Rock, Stone, Wait, Kirk, Stone Cold were in the 90s. I, excuse me, Hulk Hogan, H-U-L-L-O-G-N. Yes. Um, but there'll never be anyone who's as big as those guys. But I don't even feel as if there's like a 2016 equivalent to any of that. Because WWE doesn't invest in the people who are there on a week-to-week basis. They take them for granted. We gotta. I mean, well, wrestling has been dead for almost thirty years. You can't say you can't ever believe that. What do you mean by wrestling tried, dead? It's if you dead. Don't mind me it, it's it's um, broken. It's uh, inept. It's useless. Broken. You know, I think it's been that thing. way, huh? <laughs> How do we fix it? Turn back, go go back to 1980s and and make and, and destroying the territories and and exposing the business. I mean, that's 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 all I can think of. Because there's, there's even if you fix WWE, the, the the industry as a whole is broken, and and it can't survive on one 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 company. So there's really no fix. I know people like to look at the Attitude Era and say, okay, well, I even during the Attitude Era, wrestling was dead because all the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Woods were as a whole was a boom period in professional wrestling, much like 
the whole the Hulkamania era. That's it was okay. still it was you th- you think of the product that um, they put out then versus what the '90s audience was looking for at that time, and it matches up perfectly. But you can't say that wrestling wasn't dead then. It was it was dead then. It's been dead since the late '80s. So of course you're not going to get guys on the level of a Hogan or or a Macho Man or or even a Flair. It's it's just it's just not no. going to happen. You may luck out and get a. I mean, you know, Austin Rock. Those go. They came out. They were so lucky to be because they were just super, 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 super talented megastar guys that we had no choice but to gravitate towards in the era where they were putting out crash television that garnered millions of viewers. But that's all That's all we were ever going to get, to be honest. It's not, there's, there's nothing we can do, to be honest. You know, Camping Show in the chat, he brought up a very good point when he said, the booking right now is, have a few boring baby faces that are all generic and pushies. Don't create character death. Then bring back an old part timer and book him like he is an unstoppable force. Mm-hmm. That and, sums it up perfectly. And you know what kills me about all of that? You'll get people who say, oh, Goldberg was more over in 90 seconds than every full-time wrestler in WWE's roster. And they say that as a credit and not a criticism. Because right. I sit there, and when people say that, it boggles my fucking mind because it's they don't even hold WWE to the standard of, um okay, well, shit, you can make Goldberg look like a badass. Why can't you make Kevin Owens look like a badass? Why can't you make Seth Rollins look like a badass? Because guess what? When you say Goldberg is more over than the entire full-time roster, That's not the, a good same people, the same people who book Goldberg – Book everybody else on the fucking roster. But WWE did what they did at Survivor Series. They hooked everybody in, got them to pay to see Goldberg, and they're going to got them to pay to see Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. Then they had that ending where the match ended in a minute and 30 fucking seconds. They are going to have people pay for it again. And it's crazy to me because it's this line that I heard from Luke Cage. Uh, where they said, let's do this shit like Big Pharma. We invent, <laughs> we invent the disease, and then we sell the cure. So WWE invented the problem where you're starved of megasars on a week-to-week basis, and then they bring back Goldberg, and people are just falling over them fucking selves to go crazy for Goldberg as if, He's separate from everything that's going on. He's booked by the same fucking people. They're showing you that they have it within their capacity to book stars, but they just don't for whatever reason. And the fact that I'm one of the only people who are outraged by that, once again, I'm on that island all by my fucking self. I hear Goldberg more over than the entire roster, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's bullshit. Why is it that way? Is no, James Jay. Ellsworth the best baby face in the company? Good God Almighty, that is a scary question. It is, and it, mm. I, I, and he is, and that's mm. a scary answer. Listen, Goldberg. I didn't even think about it like in, that, but yeah. Goldberg came in incredibly over. He didn't get over in ninety seconds. He came in. You have to think about how it's it's more about the writers being lazy than just not wanting to. Mm-hmm. Um, Build other stars. Go- Goldberg is uh, a bona fide megastar who came in over. 
Now, you're talking about guys who they have to build from the ground up, and they have to give them pushes and angles and whatnot to get over to become megastars to go base level versus having a guy who's already super over, who's bringing back all these fans from who, who grew up watching him, who are now watching WWE again, these, these old, um, old-time viewers, the casual fans, are coming in to watch this guy who's already a megastar. It's a lot easier to bug him versus somebody who you have to take from the bottom, build him up, and get, get well, him a following. Starting from the bottom, now we're here. Oh, it started yeah. from the bottom, and they're all still fucking right there. But yeah. um, right. but the point is, with Goldberg, there's a point in time where mm-hmm. Goldberg was in WWE, and he came in as a megastar, and they fucked it all up. Mm-hmm. Miserable. There was a point in time, well, you could look at what happened with Batista, how they went crazy for Batista when he returned mm-hmm. a few years ago. And we, on a week-to-week basis, WWE ended up, Fucking it up, and all of that overness dissipated, and the crowd started to resent um, Batista. There has you to could be argue some that kind doing of a better uh, job of handling Goldberg now, though. Yes, and that's exactly what I'm saying. There, there has to be yeah. some kind of skill and willfulness into booking Goldberg. Like they consciously have to say, "Okay, we have to book this guy carefully. We have to be um, aware of how we position him." whenever he is on that show, to maintain what he came into the door with. And the type of care that goes into handling a character like Goldberg, they don't have that for the other people on the, on the roster. And that has a lot to do with the fact that they have, I guess, more to work with. With Goldberg, they have extra incentive to book him carefully because he comes in with overness. But like, how do the people on the roster who are there on a week-to-week basis – have any value if you don't create that and they're Speak not up. created. Speak up. Pretty uh, much. Yeah, I mean, you, you got this yeah. guy to speak your mind. You can't, uh, you know, that's, he can't be, I guess a lot of those guys are probably fearful for their jobs, but at the end of the day, yeah. it's either for being that company and be unhappy and not do anything, not do anything to, you know, be where you want to be or, Speak up and test the water to see what happens. You know, you can't, you know, John Cena told a story, I remember, about how when he was coming up and the WWE were in a very similar situation where he broke all the rules and he, they told him to do, they told him not to wear the chain, he told him not to do the you can't see me thing, and he went up there, he did it anyway, and he eventually became the biggest star of this era. And that's a guy who people don't look at as that guy and say, okay, well, he's a company man. He's the you know franchise guy. He's company built. They had him since day one. It's just like, no, he was in the same position. He was in a worse position than a lot of guys on the roster was when he came up before he said, okay, well, I'm going to go out of limb and do what I do because I know this is going to get me over. And he, and you gotta, you got. I think those guys have to take a similar approach. Like Cass said, it's just mm. go out of limb, speak up, say. You know, say what you need to say. Get some stuff off your chest because nothing is going. Nothing is going to change unless they say, "Okay, this needs to change." You guys got to do something different with us. And and the, see, this is why I, I, I CM think... Punk wasn't as much of an asshole as he because he had the right idea, oh. but it's just he, he was he was an asshole. So it, it kind of makes yeah, it Punk... difficult for me to like support him. No. I don't know who you guys Punk are talking such a about. Baby man, <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's such a crybaby. You know, hey, you know, Cash Money like Brandon. 
Real quick, you brought another point in the chat that Kevin Owens in NXT after he beat Cena was my favorite was his favorite Kevin Owens of all time. Imagine that Kevin Owens if he was taking on Goldberg. Imagine that. That would be that would that would be an insane. But that's I want to ask you guys about um, Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura and a lot of guys from NXT. And those guys gonna probably be debuting, you know, around Roy Rumble WrestleMania time. Where do you see Bobby Roode? Eric Young, Shisuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe, in 2018. Do you see them in the same position as a Dean Ambrose and a Seth Rollins and a Roman Reigns is kind of stuck in limbo where nobody really stands that's, out? That's yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like here's the thing. Like, Dave, you say, Dave, you say, yeah, but I, it's kind of hard for me to say it because. Nakamura, Joe, Eric Young, and Rue, these are guys that made their names in another wrestling company elsewhere, got themselves over elsewhere. Whereas the people, some like some of the people on the current currently on the Raw roster right now, in the SmackDown roster, even even AJ Styles made his name somewhere else and he's doing pretty fine for himself. So I'm not going to say no because it's kind of hard for me to actually kind of like say yes to something like that when I've seen these guys like make bigger names and do bigger stuff outside of WWE. And and, and hell, Colt Cabana, I'll always have great respect for that dude. He's proven that you can be a megastar in the business and not even ever go to WWE. Uh, A megastar? Well, a name. Well, at least make it made like a decent name for himself. Come on, come on, Jerry. I love Coke. <laughs> okay, but yeah, they'll be regular guys. Yeah, I and I'm gonna ask yeah. you something else about what um John something else John Cena said to me that made a lot of sense. Well, he didn't say it to me personally, right? But um he has mm-hmm. said that um one of the reasons that he gets booed and cheered, he has that you know, that um um so that divisive reaction is because in the last 15 or so years, WWE never built, have built enough top stars, top baby faces and top heels to be able to, uh, I guess, extract or absorb some of the reaction, which is why he'd get, which is why, you know, when he was feuding with guys who are up either near or on his level, at least at the time, like a CM Punk or Brock Lesnar or Daniel Bryan, the reactions were a little different. Do you think that's the same thing that's going on with Roman Reigns, where he's the most protected star? He's, he's the way he's being booked as this as being as protected as he is compared to the rest of the roster. That's why he's also getting those that same similar reaction to Cena. <laughs> yeah, that and people are assholes. Yeah, that too. They don't want to get like seriously. People, what the hell? Like seriously, why in the hell are you pulling Roman Reigns? What the fuck has this guy done to you? What has he right. done to you? He has taken that crappy United States Championship title right that he's had. He is doing what he can. He's going with it. What the hell do you want from this dude? Stop with the eight on Roman Reigns. It's fucking bullshit. Like seriously. It's time, to, it's time to, to shut that off. Like, seriously, he hasn't done anything wrong. And I bet you all you wrestling fans out there, all you do is just sit on y'all's fat ass and just drink beer all day. None of you probably have jobs. So, seriously, what the hell are you doing? Oh, my God. God. 
Mr. Cass with the heel Stop. turn. Stop it. Jeez. Good God almighty. Heel turn, man. All right, caller, what's your name? I don't think we got your name. Oh, Chris. All right, uh, thanks for calling in, Chris. Thank you, my man. No problem. All right, peace. Um, And this is, okay, we got two more. Uh, 916. Hey, hey, what's up, guys? This is uh, Ramon calling out of California. What's up, Ramon? Hey, I got happy holidays, by the way. Same to you. Thank you, thank you. Um, So, can we see the Revivals making their debut on Monday Night Raw and maybe possibly in the reign of the New Day for their tag team title? Please, please, (laughs) take the titles from these black people that wear fucking dildos on their heads. Take the titles from them. I'm begging you, Revival. I don't want the Revival on Raw. Yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm torn on that because it's like it would make complete sense for them to beat the New Day, but we gotta keep in mind they won't get protected on Raw. But it's like you put them on SmackDown, they'll. Oh God. I mean, because the way you see how tag teams are right now on SmackDown Live, like the the Vol villains and. You know, they're not doing as we was expecting to do when they was with NXT, and then you got the American Idol. I mean, they're doing their... exactly how I expected them to do. Yeah. Jobbing. <laughs> and, yep. and then you got American Alpha in the finals against Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton for the uh, number one tag team <laughs> titles, which I think Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton is going to win that match anyway. But back to the revivals, yeah. I honestly say they're probably one of the best tag teams that I've been seeing lately now on NXT. Wonder I mean, they are the first. They are two-time tag team champions, pretty much tag team of the year for NXT, and they put one hell of a great match because they remind me of R. Anderson and Tony Blanchard back in the old days in NWA. Mm-hmm. But I mean, kinda- honestly. Go ahead, my man. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, real quick. I just got to say, like, I didn't get a chance to say this when we did the review for NXT Toronto. I know most of you guys remember this out there, but this is one of my favorite tag team matches of all time. But the Revival and DIY, what they did in that two out of three falls match, honestly trumps what Kurt Angle, Chris Van Wall versus Edge and Stereo did in that two out of three falls match on SmackDown that one time. I'm sorry, but it, it, it even trumped that one. And I, I agree with you because I actually watched that match over and over and over again, and that was yep. a, that was one of the best match of Toronto. They killed it and they stole the show. They did, uh, they pretty much did each other's finisher moves, and they did the heart attack finisher. Okay, yeah, I can't be I agree, Crystal. And then back to the other one, I actually watched the men's traditional Survivor Series match. I was not terrible. pleased. At all. It was terrible. <laughs> there you go. Good man. This man has not been full, people. Like, you really had a 54-minute long match for that. For what? There there was no yep. point. There was no whoever wins mm-hmm. gets brand supremacy or anything like that. It was, it was a complete – it was a waste of time. And I, I honestly – 
the it was the women's traditional match probably was better than the men's traditional match. That's not saying much though. Well, for me, unfortunately. <laughs> but since y'all was talking about the Slammy Awards or anything like that, I have to say y'all left one thing out of the uh, category for I want to say best a uh, match of the year: Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky Lynch. How could we not? How could I not put that on the list? Damn it! Uh, people, I got people. You don't, you can't see this, but I'm about to get a pen and a paper, and I'm about to make my own list. The list of matches, and I know that's not a good name, but I'm about to do it. Yeah, I, I have to send you the categories for the W's because that's something that we're gonna have to like. Uh, yeah, please let me you know, know because we got some good matches, and I'm missing like a ton of them. Mm-hmm. And then you have Shane and Undertaker. What? Did they have another match this year? Because <laughs> I, I know you're not talking about that one at WrestleMania. <laughs> Don't be mm. fooled, my man. Don't be <laughs> fooled. Do not be fooled. I mean, I understand, like, you know, giving him props for the sacrifice, you know, but. Uh, yeah. I'm just glad he saw the light out of that shitty five on five men's match at Survivor Series. It was terrible. Like, I literally, like, sat there. I'm like, what the hell am I watching? I could, I'd rather watch some of the old traditional men's match, and it was way better than the one that we saw this year or the year before that. I mean, I give Shane McMahon one hell of a credit for taking that huge bump, and and then, hell, Randy Warren, he, he broke out the character, and he had talked to Shane's son, Ringside, which that no one didn't even cool. notice. So I give that Shane McMahon right. one hell of a credit for taking that bump and coming out the next day on SmackDown Live, and he's, we saw the bruises and all that. But with James Ellsworth, who in the hell is this kid? Hey, man. <laughs> Get the like no chin douchebag off my television screen. And he gets a WWE world title opportunity against AJ Styles. Like, oh, come my on God. Now, I, even for, I forgot about I that. I forgot about that, too. <laughs> People, see what but, you've done. Are you happy? <laughs> but here's the biggest question. If Daniel Bryan wasn't retired from wrestling right now, could we see Daniel Bryan in the Miz going for the Intercontinental title right now? Yes. I think that would be fun. That might happen at 33, to be honest with you, because... Everything just looks way too tailor-made for me to not believe that they're not doing this match. And you know what? I've been thinking that exact same thing. Like, if they were building up to Daniel Bryan versus The Miz, they would have done every single thing that they've done so far with this damn rivalry between those two. But I don't want to get myself hyped up for something. Me neither. Me neither, because WWE uh, has just let me down. It's let me down before. No, I, I mean, I'm gonna go again. They've told us that Daniel Bryan is retired from entering competition, so I just he, take it at that. I'm like, okay, that's it. I I can fantasize as much as I want to, but when it comes to making these things a reality, it's not gonna happen. All I'm saying though is, 
or let me use my word. However, if they were building up to Daniel Bryan versus The Miz, this would be the way that they would do it. Sign me up. <laughs> and here's my last question. Jay, I know you're a huge Sasha Banks fan. What be, what's going to be oh. next for after the match between her and Charlotte next week on Raw in Charlotte's hometown? Um, from what I heard, a feud with Nia Jax. Sign me up, please. That could possibly be uh, something that I would actually watch from Raw. Hey, people, by the way, this this is going to be our version of Gail Kim versus Awesome Kong from TNA. We're going to get some good shit if this happens. Hmm. Just the size difference alone just has me like, these these ladies might be able to pull something off just with the size difference. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that's a matchup that gets me excited. So if that's the direction they go in, I'd be down for that. Oh, and Kevin Show, and, by the way, I'm with you. I'm glad they have stopped pushing Dana Brooke. Yes, I am so happy for that. Thank God. Oh, and here and my last one for you guys is when the hell are we gonna get this whole Seth Rollins and Triple H storyline going on? Because <laughs> I still want to know what the hell happened. It's been what, maybe um, two months or a month and a half I think now. Two months. We'll be down the road to WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Triple H, he's just waiting with with the uh, with the breakfast club. He's waiting with the breakfast club, just so that way when he gets to January, he's all freshed up, ready to go. He can just say um, bye to Cena, Sheamus, and Randy Orton and Batista. He can say goodbye to the breakfast club, and then he can start taking care of his WrestleMania match for, with uh, Seth Rollins. So yeah, we're getting there. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, listening to me. And uh, you guys are doing one hell of a show on your PFR Empire. And um, happy holidays again, guys. Thanks, right. Thanks for calling in. No problem. Did he get that name wrong? I think he did. But you know what? Yeah. Give, it's cool. He gave props to us, man. Jay, give Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I'll. I'll, I'll Leave it alone. <laughs> okay, and our last call of the night, 314. Oh, oh, I know who this hey, is. Hey, how you doing? Oh, you say you know who this is? <laughs> yeah, this is Carl. Pastor Carl. Yeah. What up, Carl? Hey, how you guys doing? Doing well. How are you? All right. Uh, on my way home from uh, from a Thanksgiving trip. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, just want to say, I guess, three things. Uh, one, about the whole Sasha versus Charlotte match. I'm kind of tired of seeing these guys face each other, right, especially, too. like, on Raw. Because mm-hmm. it seems like the only, the only time that Sasha can win is on Raw. And then at the next yeah. pay-per-view, Charlotte beats her, and it inflates her title reign even more. And I'm just, you know, yeah, I kind of wish they would draw them out. I kind of wish they would draw them out to another pay-per-view or, you know, I, I know you said something about Nia Jax getting involved. And I kind of want to see her go for a, a title shot or see Bailey step up and be like, you know, I won, like, we won that match because of me. 
you know, type of thing. You're like, have show some show somebody else besides Charlotte and Sasha because that's that's going to get old real quick. I think yeah, they're going to move like towards uh, Bailey and Charlotte next. Yeah, because it, or else it's going to end up like the uh, Randy Orton Cena thing when nobody wants to see that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, don't ever say that in the same sentence again. <laughs> but seriously, though, like I, it, it has gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, we can, we can, like, yeah, pull, yeah, pull back a little bit now. Yeah, because Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins already have that role in the John Cena Randy, <laughs> Randy Orton role. Yeah. They already have that. And also, Cash, uh, you said you watched Raw, right? I watched clips, nefarious clips of the show, but yes. <laughs> Okay, did you see how was it the what, what what's the name? Sami Zayn's punishment for not winning the Intercontinental yeah, title. Yeah, I saw that. Was was for that? It's like so. Apparently, there's a punishment for not winning the match, but for the five people who apparently lost the match that actually mattered. Yeah, that there was no punishment that for didn't any make of them. Sense. Yeah, that didn't make sense because you're rewarding Seth Rollins for getting a title shot, but yeah, he was in the most important match. For Survivor Series, I mean, all Sami Zayn was in was it? He was in a title match. It was a Raw versus SmackDown match, but ultimately, you guys cared about the five on five SmackDown versus Raw match. So, why are you punishing Sami Zayn for him not getting the job done, but you're not getting on your entire Raw team? What? Just because Kevin Owens is your Universal Champion and Seth Rollins is a whiny bitch? Yeah, I, and I, I guess it's just and to push the further fact that she doesn't like Sami Zayn. Which like if you didn't like him so much, why did you draft him to your your uh, your show? Like just let you should just let SmackDown happen. If you if you hate him, he's so a good looking cab driver. Styles <laughs> <laughs> of white gloves or something. Um, also, uh, I wanted to talk about the James Ellsworth thing. Uh, the no it's like I never, Yeah, it's like I can't. It's like I, I I didn't want to like. It's okay. It's like this dude. They waste their time. It's like okay, I haven't caught all of uh, SmackDown the past couple of weeks. When was the last time you saw Apollo Cruz? Man of that against Luke Harper losing. And, <laughs> yeah, and so I don't watch main events, so it's been a while. Instead of giving somebody with some actual talent. Instead of building him up in the areas that he's weak, instead of, you know, continuing a storyline with uh, Jack Swagger or anybody else, they're putting all this focus on this guy who is like, okay, he got he got a title. I mean, he got a contract. So what is he going to do after he gets that contract? Who, who are you going to put him in the ring against? But the only thing I can see them doing with him uh-huh. is – is 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 giving him some matches against Tyler Breeze, which in which he'll win <laughs> over some kind of fluke or some crap like that because you know they can't just waste one person's talent; they got to waste you know another person's. Put in the ring like, with Hornswoggle. Nobody wants to see Hornswoggle. I'm so sick. I'm so sick of seeing <laughs> this dude. It, it don't even make no sense. It's like why? Like why can't we have? Like why? It's like his 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 thing was over two two weeks ago, two three weeks ago. Yeah. It's like the now it's time it's, to there's, stop. There's no right, and because um, I I wanted I wanted to bring up like a 
Oh, sorry. I wanted to bring up something. It's like WWE has a problem with with like I understand having like wrestlers who are joking, like you know, people having a good time because it is entertainment. As Goldberg says, like we are there for the kids at the end of the day or whatever. But they have a problem that they don't know how to make their people funny and have their people be jokey and still keep the integrity of them being a badass. It's like, mm-hmm. and the thing I thought of was a show that, you know, a lot of people, you know, around my age range grew up watching. And uh, I know I know you guys probably watch, uh, was it, uh, Batman anime series growing up. You're damn it's right. Like that, that show won awards for its animation, the storytelling, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And even... You know, not not all of their shows. Even it started off their whole DC's whole animated thing. Like even Justice League is like you know it was different from other you know cartoons to where they can still they can you know people can die. They can even hit to people, you know, gas having sex, but it still had funny moments in it. Mm. And it's like, why is it yeah. that a kids' cartoon show can do this, but this show that you know is supposed to be you know tailored towards other older people, they can't seem to find that balance of this person is still <laughs> we got too many damn writers. and whatnot. Right. And still do, you know, still be a badass. Like you said, they got their fingers on AJ Styles. It's like he can be doing so much more than dealing with James Ellsworth. It's like I do like the fact that he's frustrated that saying that he hasn't, that he doesn't deserve a contract because he doesn't. But it's just the fact that it doesn't. It doesn't make sense to have AJ. It's like you couldn't think of anything else to do, but for have AJ to lose multiple times to this dude. I don't like. I don't care what what the reason was. Like for real, it's like you could you can have him beat Kurt Hawkins and get uh get his little contract or something. But is I mean it's, it's different from somebody like Heath Slater because Heath Slater actually has talent. Heath Slater can actually do something. Because like this dude is going to be forgotten. By, by next year, you know, by the end of the year. And it's just pointless to, to have him on there. I'm just frustrated that you're wasting all this time on this one guy, you know, when when the joke – and it's kind of cruel, too, once you think about it. The whole joke is that he looks pathetic. And he has and, – and all this other stuff. And, it's, you know, and it's, it's the whole thing. It's the point in laughing at him in the situation where he shouldn't be – and yeah, we're going to cheer for him. Like, you're not really cheering for him. You're laughing at him. You're not laughing with him. You're laughing at him. And I just feel like, it's, it's like, you guys remember, who who's the name of that guy, that one wrestler that had that one leg? It was like in the early 2000s. Zach Gowan. Right. He's another one of him. He's had like a five-star like, match with Vince McMahon. <laughs> it's, it's like they, they want to trick you into thinking that, you know, yeah, we're rooting for this guy, but no, you're really just making a spectacle of him. Until you know we get to this other point that we're gonna drop him, you know, because he doesn't mm-hmm. really mean anything. And uh, I guess lastly is the the everybody's topic was uh, uh, the Goldberg versus Lesnar match, and people talking about you know I've heard some people say you know what what storylines around this like there is no story. It's like this 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 match never should have been. Made. It's like there's no, there's no, there's no upside. 
it's like, okay, even if Brock Lesnar had beat Goldberg, what's the story there? You beat a 50-year-old man who hasn't wrestled in 12 years. Good for you. It's like, what's, you know, and, and as we see, like, he beats Goldberg. I mean, Goldberg beats him. Even if the match had gone on five, ten minutes, you know, instead of even that know, should have know, two minutes. Right. It's like, you know, even even that doesn't mean anything. Because then you have, like you said, you know, like it goes back to what I was saying earlier, uh, or what Jay was saying, that you have this one guy comes in and hasn't wrestled, which, you know, it actually, it actually hasn't exactly been 12 years, but it's that thing of, well, he hasn't wrestled here, so anywhere else he wrestled doesn't count. So I think he had, I think he did wrestle in Japan for a minute, just like Brock did. But mm-hmm. this is the thing of, he hasn't been in one of our rings in so long, but, you know, but still, he comes in, and I think like the last, the last uh, little promo they had together where he injured himself was actually pretty good. But it was like I, I don't know. There's still, like you said, it's, it's like there's so much wasted potential of of everything. It's like there was no point, and there was no point in this happening at all. It's like kind of a part of me kind of liked seeing Goldberg, but then at, in the end. I would have been fine with him just showing up and promoting the, the thing, but to actually have the match, like, I don't really care about that. Yeah, we get a few more. First. And and the, and the funny thing is, I never thought that they can make. I never thought that they can make that that first match look better. And it proves me wrong because <laughs> that first match was horrible. Oh, they already made it better when um they just had Goldberg spear him then the Jack era. That was all you needed. That match was better than twenty. And and, and it's like his his spears just look so lazy. He's just like he's not even he's not even tack he's not even spearing them. It's like a little kid running into you. Like when they come up to hug mm-hmm. you and that's it. He's like hugging him to the ground. And uh, I don't question the spear, because I don't want to be the person who takes it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I would give you that, because he is pretty still jacked for a 50-year-old man, which I, I was taken yeah. back by that. I was like, I'll at least give him props for that. He still looks yeah. fit, but, you know, he should get some stretches or something before he tore his rotator, rotator cuff <laughs> out the back of whatever tossed him the security guard. It was like, uh, okay. But yeah, that, that was it. All right, man. Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling in, Carl. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right, All right, peace out. Guys have a good night. Peace out. All right, you too. Okay, and that is it for the show this week. Any closing comments, guys? Why should I worry? Is this from Oliver and Company? There you go. Okay, I'm catching on. I got it. All right, uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, peace, and maybe Dalton will join us on the show then, too. This shot's fired. <laughs> we have this little counter, you know, like um, days, and when they have, like, the factories and stuff, days without mm-hmm. incident. Yeah, we have this counter, days Dalton actually, you know, shows up to the show. And, you know, we always have to reset it to zero. And people, be safe on Black Friday. I was able to survive, thank goodness. Yeah. Well, I mean, the people who are listening to this, they're safe. 
There you go. Yeah. So we're doing a favor to the world. We're we're keeping these people safe with all these crazy ass folks out there that will punch you in the face for like a twenty dollar off coupon. Just, just be like, hey, keep a keep a mallet in the back of your trunk. <laughs> I can just imagine you needing to use a mallet. Like I, I you know, people yeah. like um, record Black Friday fights and stuff like that. Not saying that I would want you to get into a fight on Black Friday. I'm just saying if you ever got to a fi- into a fight on Black Friday, I would hope that somebody recorded you getting the mallet out of your trunk. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Catch you later. Peace. Later. Peace.